It's a euphemism for nanny. You're you're hey nani nani. Oh my god! See you can't even. I can't even say, say it. it. No. It's okay. Mark's sex positive. <laughs> ish. <laughs> hey, that would be a good show. Sex positive ish. Yeah. I bet you I could get funding from Netflix for that. Like, see Mark as he is comfortable with people's sexualities up to a point. <laughs> And then the highlight of every show would be when I go, oh, no, that's too much. That's too I'm much. out. Bridge too far. <laughs> uh, roll credits. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gen X Temporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. In this episode, we are tackling an enormous subject, sex positivity, born of the clash between second and third wave feminists during the sex wars of the 1970s, the sex positivity movement has led to intense debate, and we want to dip a toe into that fray. We'll be discussing perceptions of sex and sexuality through time, feminism, rape culture, ageism, intersectionalism, and an episode of the A&E series, The Untold Story, called Sex for Sale. Buckle up, everyone, because in this episode, Mark is bound to say something that will offend a woman in some way, probably me. But remember, we're Gen X. We got our sensitivity chips late in life, and we're still learning how to use them. Hi, Mark Snedeker. I feel like you almost forgot my name there. No. Yeah, I know it's been a while since we've done this. I know it really has. Like, hi, guy. Hi, guy who sits across from me yeah. at the thing at the so, place. I finally learned to stop relying on you. For what? Libations. Well, I know, <laughs> because I know. you never bring any anymore. No. You bring I nothing know. to the table except your intelligence and research. So <laughs> that's not enough for me. I so we're drinking tonight, we're drinking uh, Dark Side Aritas. Dark Side Aritas. Which, I mean, following my trend of just calling every drink that I put my Death Star shaped ice cubes in something Star Warsy. <laughs> it's really just a margarita with that my big Death Star mm. ice cubes in them. But yeah, yeah. They're well, delicious. It's so. delicious. All right, so it's been a while it has since been we've a while. done this. It is. All right, so let me see. This is a huge, huge, huge topic. Yeah, I'm terrified. It's, I have no I real guarantee outline. you, I'm, I just can feel it <laughs> like a train coming down the tracks <laughs> that I'm going to have to re-record this fucking thing <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> I could just, you're like, yeah, that was good. We talked for three hours, but I really get what I wanted. So we're doing it again. I mean, yeah. If it's easier to re-record than me trying to edit around it, yeah. Um, Uh, I'm not looking for ease for you. (laughs) Looking for ease for me. All right. So we're going to be talking about sex positivity. And, And it's been very difficult to do this episode because, of course, I come from this gender studies background. Right. In college and graduate school. Right. I have very strong personal feelings about this, but I don't want to just, I wanted to have some sort of objective research and everything, but I dug too deep. Yeah, and it has been, it's all over. too far down the, 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 the <laughs> I am. I love to be thorough, but I can't, I, it, I, it was too much. Now you just know too much. Now you know too much. No, 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 no. I still know that I don't know enough. And that's oh. what's making me kind of go, eh. Uh, so. Now you know what you don't know. Now we're going to dive in and um, just, it's going to be a, just a kind of a free flowing discussion about this topic. We've done we, a number of things, including watched a documentary about sex work. Um, I've read a million books. All of my research, you'll see it. It's in the mm, a million. Well, that's a lot. Um, Three and and, and, <laughs> no, and it's in in our episode notes. 
Uh, well, so if so you want a little, so we're just gonna have to. Yeah. Wing it. If you want a little foreshadowing mm-hmm. about how my contribution is going to go, when I was listening to your introduction, all I heard was it came from The Clash. I'm like, yeah, those guys were probably pretty sex positive. If you think about it. <laughs> no. Like Joe Strummer's like, yeah, everything goes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no. no? No, that is not how it goes. All right. All right. So let's try and now that we've done this, this kind of throat clearing exercise, give me a hot take on what you think sex positivity is. So sex positivity is the not super well-defined philosophy that one ought to be able to express their sexuality in whatever way they choose with very few exceptions. And they ought not to be shamed. Right. And I don't know if I heard the word consent in there. Oh, well, I just said it with the exception of a couple of things. So okay. obviously consent, not causing uh, undue harm to others, uh, not grossing mark out, you know, those types of things. <laughs> All right. So um, the sex positivity movement is something that was kind of defined as coming up out of second wave feminism. And that's the uh, agriculturally based <laughs> feminism? Is that? No. So, oh. okay. So, so just. It's not hunter gatherer feminism, certainly. Okay, so no. So, so feminism, let's talk about quickly just feminism. Very, very down and dirty. First wave oh, feminism. Yeah, that's the way I like it. Is the, like the 1800s, early 1800s on through into say 19... 19- Forties, oh, maybe. Okay. Um, and this is, and that's this basically radical idea that women ought not to be slaves. Correct. Yeah. Um, which okay, so you make an interesting point there. Yeah. Very Was it the thing about the agriculture. Very, very frequently, <laughs> feminism kind of aligns itself or has interest in. So feminist causes tend to overlap in, in like a Venn diagram with other causes. So like civil right. rights and feminism yeah, yeah. tend to, although, you know, in the 90s and to 2000s, we started really looking at how were women of color treated within the general feminist movement. Right. And they, you know, they that's where intersectionalism right. comes from. All right. So, um uh, with early feminism, that it was very integral to the abolitionist movement, and right. then all both of those things kind of played into temperance, which yeah. then became that prohibition. Was not, that was okay, not so a good look for you, ladies. At the same time that all you. of that is happening, women are advocating for the vote. Um, you know, sort of more equal rights, that sort of thing. I saw Mary Poppins, I know. Early feminism, right. Okay, yes, the suffragettes. Yes. That's early first wave is what they call that early feminism. Then you get into what they call the second wave. Now, the second wave would have been... Now, they could drink liquor in the second wave, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay, that's the the one I like then. The second wave is the one that kind of comes up at the same time as the sexual revolution. Yeah. Mark, it's not bow, like that. Bow, bow. <laughs> oh my god! What? Like I believe you did promise our audience that I would do this. Right? I did say that Mark would be offensive, and now You're he's welcome. now he's offending me. Okay, yeah. like in the 1940s ish, you start getting thinkers. You may know of this one, Simone de Beauvoir. We. Oui. She wrote the Second Sex. Are you fam- familiar with that? Uh, only vaguely. Okay, so and she, didn't she also uh, start a revolution somewhere in South America? <laughs> <laughs> she was everywhere. No, no. All right. So she wrote The Second Sex, which posits the idea of a male-centered ideology it was being accepted as a norm and right. enforced by the ongoing development of myths and that the 
fact that women are capable of getting pregnant, lactating, and menstruating is in no way a valid cause or explanation to place them as the second sex. Right. So, so what she really should have said was is there's not a the second sex. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I right. mean, her title is a little misleading. <laughs> well, right. Okay. So, but she's, she's describing what yeah. she's seeing as this phenomenon. Because if I just see that in the library, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I understand now women are, you know, the second sex. Exactly. But that's not her point. So another kind of key moment in second wave feminism was the 1960 the food and drug administration approved the combined oral contraceptive pill which was made available in 1961 yeah this has a huge impact on of women right because does. now we can work and not have to worry if we get pregnant and all you we want. can have we can have some sex yes um in 1963 betty friedan wrote the feminine mystique and she comes up with this radical idea that women are a lot of women are not happy being housewives. Right. Not all, but many women right. were un, leading un, unsatisfying lives or were not as happy as as their uh, counterparts that they were taking and uh, that they were taking part in the workforce. So then you get legal rights or le- sort of legal victories such as Equal Pay Act in 1963, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, um, Griswold versus Connecticut. Supreme Court saying that adults, married couples, could buy contraceptives. Oh, I thought that's where they ruled on how many Christmas lights you can have on your house. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, Clark, that's just too goddamn many. (laughs) That's precedenting. The precedent precedent in like holiday decorations. Like, you know what? And you have have those inflatable Christmas guys, and those guys always end up in obscene positions. So those are out too. Get rid of them. Uh, all right. So then Betty Friedan in 1960, in 1966 joined uh, women and men to to form the National Organization for Women. Um, these are the very big legal victories that you see happening. Yes. And it gets starts getting into identity and, and a little bit into race um, and the difference in the, and, and racial differences during the sort of second wave towards the end of it. But one of the big things that comes out of second wave feminism is this very heavily man we don't really need men right ethic yeah and this is a lot of times i think what people think of when they think about what feminism is and yeah. they assume that it is going to be this well which and that's is, where the term we don't militant feminism right. was originated right. right so these are like, like back in the day these old school women some in some cases now people are saying like looking back regardless of whether or not they actually identified as lesbians or were lesbians they were so, sort of saying we have to focus on just women only right be very separatist almost right. to the point where you don't need men you should if you really want to be in a level playing field a dynamic be, you have to be a lesbian because if right. you are with a man regardless of whether or not that's your sexuality yeah, yeah. you're subject to the patriarchy. those might not have been the best strategy right not not ideal okay so in this very militant phase there's a, there's a group of women within that who start looking at things that they feel are just very damaging to women generally. Yeah. One of the things they light upon is pornography. They have somewhat of a point there, right? I mean, yeah. especially back then. Yeah. 
There was no women-driven pornography. No, there wasn't, well, there, and there's there was, very, very, very little. Very there's very little now, even. This contingent then starts looking at porn, and they become very anti-porn. And yeah. and what they're essentially saying is that just anything, like porn, um, BDSM, sex work, the, all of those things kind of came under attack by right. a group of women within this sort of later second wave contingent. So what they say is, you know, like... Porn is bad. It leads only to bad things. Um, Prostitution is inherently unsafe and inherently damaging to women because of, I mean, myriad reasons. Well, there are women that are in there going, wait a minute, we just got the pill. Yeah, I know. It's like, Like, sis, (laughs) (laughs) sister, please. What are you doing now? Yeah. And they are like, hang on, hang on. Hold up. There's you can't you know this goes too far you're you're pushing yeah. you're pushing things too far yeah. and out of that comes third wave feminism and right. third wave feminism is sort of uh the through the 80s into the 90s um and i would say into the early 2000s and then it <laughs> then you're i think things i know i think things <laughs> changed a little bit um but so sex positivity is really about a lot of, a lot about consent. Yeah. Um it's looking to challenge cultural cultural like attitudes and expectations around sexuality, particularly women's sexuality. Right. Um but also alternative I didn't want to say it like in a pejorative way, but sexuality is other than heterosexuality. Right. So they want to it's like non cis straight right whatever right so it, it respects all of that um but it's looking for personal sovereignty it's advocating for safer sex practices that would include you know having planned parenthood and having contraceptives available to kids in high school and and teaching kids about more than just abstinence you know as a plan and also consensual sex so any sex that is free from coercion or obviously force, you know, I mean, you, any, you any qualify dinner as coercion. <laughs> Depends on the dinner. I think <laughs> my dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, like what if I only served pomegranates and what else would qualify? Oysters. Um, is that coercive? Do you think? <laughs> well, it would certainly be leading. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the line. Right? I, it's a fine I, line between regular dinner, say... sexy dinner and coercive dinner. All of a sudden I showed up. Like a fortune cookie with take your clothes off. That might be a little coercive, that's, right? Well, that's like kind of be forceful depending on. No, depends on how they worded, I guess. I know, that's so funny. All right, so so this this brings into the the picture all of the things that the late second wave feminists were anti porn feminists were going against, which is BDSM things like that, and they argue that any of those lifestyle choices, whatever, as long as it's consenting adults, right, it's okay. It, it, it should be seen in a positive way, and it shouldn't be people shouldn't be shamed for that. Right. For what they do. Now, did they also exclude furries like I do? <laughs> no, oh. they are. There's, they're, they're, they're pro furry. 
that's kind of the the lay of the land with feminism. Yeah. And this is where sex positivity comes out of is, is really that. Sex positivity, I think, is generally particular, and I'm speaking from an extremely Western perspective yeah. here, but I think that sex positivity has come a long way. Yeah, it sure has. Just look at what we can see on television versus what we could see on television, regular television, during our childhood. So let me tell you something. I lived in Germany. Mm-hmm. Well, you saw a lot a of kid. boobs. I saw boobs all the time. Yeah. I mean, my parents, we didn't really have a remote control and they just weren't fast enough. You know, <laughs> I, I particularly remember, and I wonder if any of my siblings even remember watching this. We're watching this show <laughs> and it was, first of all, there were so many things wrong with this show because it was a relationship between a grown woman and this like adolescent boy, right? Oh my God. She was like his caretaker or nanny or something. I don't even know what it is. And they're walking through a museum so there's like little statues and busts and stuff everywhere. And then all of a sudden there were busts, if you know what I'm saying. Oh my God. Like we're just clothes just were starting to fall off. Oh. But yeah, uh, European attitudes towards that have always been somewhat more relaxed, right? Than- yes. I think that there's a lot more leniency in what we're seeing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's and- no longer just wiggly scrambled lines uh, on the uh, from the cable system. It's actual full sexuality. It is. I know. Right. It's it is. I mean, the other night we were watching Pam and Tommy, and his whole and animated his, penis was talking. I know, and his dick was started talking. Now that's <laughs> maybe that's too far. Maybe we could rein it back a little bit. Maybe not everything is okay. Like talking schlongs might not be okay. So that's my point. Nowadays, the hurdles there yeah are getting lo- uh, lower. Right. Yeah, like, it's expanding somewhat, although. There's certainly plenty of uptight bitches in the U.S. And I, when I say bitches, I mean male and female <laughs> and anything in between. Ironic that you would use that term. I in a know. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm here to offend. <laughs> so you have, I think, a broadening of it, more acceptance. But your point is taken. There is definitely a line. But who's to say where that line is? And that's what I kind of want our conversation to be about. Yeah. Which is like where, what do we think? Where are the where are the boundaries? Do you want to talk about that documentary we watched? I'm very proud of being a sex worker. I'm an escort that specializes in lactation. We'll do it like we do it on the animal planet. All right. Oh God. I like that. I'm a professional male escort for women. Who is your typical client? These women are wealthy. They know what they want. I'm everything they're looking for. There's so much money to be made in the adult industry. And you'd be shocked by how I do it. I'm a sex coach. Why is it such big business? It's because people want to be naughty. (laughs) (laughs) But how have your clients all found you? Twitter has been an extreme help. She was very satisfied. And uh, I was too. Michael wants me to have everything. Why is this man emptying his bank account to shower you with gifts? He wants me to use him for his money. You get a lot more from someone when you don't have sex with them and when they think you might eventually and they have something to aspire to. Does sex always end up happening at these parties that you host? Yes, but it's not required. People need to be nurtured. We all need connection and we all need love. Why can we not have sex without this huge stigma? Do you think a lot of mainstream America isn't even aware that this is thriving? Absolutely. Did you know before this? I didn't. Enjoy. Voyeur your brains out, right? Yeah, it's it was, it's meant to be a news magazine. Elizabeth Vargas is yeah. the hostess and yeah. the interviewer. So they talk about various kind of really 
I don't even know if they just, they didn't really just talk about sex, right? It's really a sex industry, I guess. This is where you're seeing sex positivity kind of like in a meta way, in a yeah. way. Because here, this was on broadcast television, something that right. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, would never probably have been on broadcast yeah. television. And if you did, you wouldn't see any titties, I can tell you that right now. Right. And n- now here we are, we're having this broadcast to just anyone. Right. And then also about, and what's going on, what it's showing. Well, let me tell in you. In each of those people's lives. And then w- this is all sex positivity on display, right. like normalizing yeah. this stuff that so normally you don't talk about. I can tell you that one take on that show was, if you are pro-sex positivity, this is going to test you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, are you really? Let me show you some of the shit you're going to have to be okay with. So there was, let me think. There was a male escort. Okay, his name was Troy. I'm Troy Amistati. I'm a professional male escort for women. The kind of experience that my clients are typically seeking is a boyfriend experience. They're looking for someone who can provide them companionship and have a close personal connection. Which, by the way, I still have a hard time believing that shit was true, but we'll see. We'll talk about <laughs> it. So we, and we had a male escort. We had a woman who does fetish stuff, you know, for money. I'm Allie Eve Knox. I'm a cam model, content creator, and fetish performer. When I started camming, I was doing fun stuff, doing sexy stuff. Got into it, really loved it. Then realized that the real money was in shooting my own things. So the videos that I sell are primarily fetish-based. My client base can go on any of my clip sites and order through there. They can come in my cam room, go into my Twitter. There's lots of different ways that I will take people's money. Cam girl, like a fetish cam girl. Right, where she'll like step on cake for some reason. (laughs) And, you know, does like like her... (laughs) Her husband or whatever. Who, <laughs> You're so uncomfortable. I really am. He he was. I mean, I just have some stuff to say about that guy. All right. So but whatever. We'll She'll there. do like some infantile infantilizing play with him, right? <laughs> we'll right? get there. We'll get okay. there. We'll get there. And then also, let's see. There was a a lady who runs sex tours, mm-hmm. right? So we're here in Los Angeles, and we're on our way to meet Sienna Sinclair who quite literally has written the book on sexual tourism. She specializes in organizing sex tours, or naughty tours, as she calls them, of Los Angeles. And holds wildly popular events and parties at her house. And attracts people and clients from all over the country, people who are looking to spice up their sex lives. Who you were not impressed with at all. Well, that was not an You're like, why do we need her? Just go, just go swing. Just go do the... Yeah. Not go swing, Mark. I that's said, what just they go ended up the... doing. I know that's the part where you needed her. But I'm oh. saying at the lead up to it, where they were going to like sex shops and stuff, they went to a burlesque show. Look, I, honestly, I think at least one of those couples would have not had any idea how to accomplish that stuff. <laughs> like they would have Googled sex shop and just not been Maybe happy Maybe that the one results. Midwestern yeah. type couple. Okay, go on with um, uh, the then, fourth who was one. The, who was the fourth one? I forget. It's It was the automatic tieback to our sixth episode. Oh, the, the, the lactation fetish. <laughs> My name is Lady K. I'm an escort that specializes in lactation. I'm the single mom. I have a three-year-old son. I was in the escort business before I had my son. 
once I got pregnant, I stopped working. After giving birth, I wasn't sure how I felt about working again as a mother, morally, but I started to miss the work. So I've continued to pump my breast milk and I offer it in my services. Basically, guys pay her to suckle. So she had a baby not all that long ago, but she continued to uh, pump or whatever and feed these these experimentally sexual gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Who were all interestingly into bodybuilding. Yeah. That, and we, by the way, check out episode six. Boob Juice, one of our best episodes, certainly the greatest cold opening of, of any podcast of all time. But so okay, let's. <laughs> all right, so so we're gonna start out. Let's just go back and, and talk about this a little bit in detail, and then let's give our sex positive take on this. You got like, it. why is this sex positive? What right. you know? How does this? Does this? How does this work in real life? Would this be you know like how do you accept this if you don't accept this? Whatever. Right. Right. Okay. The first one was Allie. So her setup, at first you meet her and she's like talking about what she's doing and she's putting her feet in cake. Yeah. So first of all, hers just involves, she doesn't have any contact with these people, None. with the men. Mm -mm. It's all on camera. Or email. or Yeah, exactly. Or on her OnlyFans or who knows what she's got going on, right? Mm -hmm. It's all online. And her stuff is definitely out there. There are people out there who are sexually excited by seeing women squish a cake. I don't get it, but you know, no, no cakes I, were can, hard. What can you? How can you? You know, that's. I don't know how it would happen that that would be something that would become well, sexy. But think, you know, so with paraphilias like that, it's usually from my very, very rudimentary understanding of psychology. Is this going to Freud? Because let me no. let you know. No, he's, he's been, been, he's he's been, been no, dismissed. No, no, no. But it does, it does generally have something to do with some fixation that they developed while they were sexually, uh, you know, coming of age. I right? see. Mm -hmm. um, so who knows how you get cake mixed up into it? Maybe they had a particularly <laughs> wild eighth birthday party. I don't know. Right? Maybe they really, really loved Cookie Monster, if you know what I'm saying. Like, loved Cookie Monster. Possible. I all don't right. know. But, I, I mean, for, now, you know I had all kinds of problems with all these people. Yeah. Right? I was very uncomfortable for this entire show. Yeah, but she but was the one She was, was the least... one, at least, you know, mm -mm, yeah, it's mm -mm. just on camera. Mm -mm. You know, what, you know, is it weird? Yes, it's weird. But if you like it, you're doing it in the privacy of your own home. Cool. Be, you know, do you do you. And honestly, I, if you if you are into cake squishing, you're going to have to do you. Okay, but it's not nobody just, else will. It wasn't just cake squishing. No, it was a lot of stuff. But I do remember that there's a there's a whole thing around feet. Everybody knows that there's a thing around feet. Yeah, you know what the thing should be around feet? Shoes. It's, okay, <laughs> keep your fucking shoes on. So, <laughs> but maybe even big thick people, socks. People who would pay. Lots of toenail clippings, yes, or foot dust, which is when Wait. you you file your feet uh -huh. and then you take those filings and you put it in a little vial and you can sell that. People buy this? Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Did you? Not really. I think at first maybe it was kind of strange, but mm -hmm. it's it's so amazing to me that people would want this from somebody for whatever reason that they have behind this. You have no judgment over mm -hmm. what kind of person wants foot dust. Who cares what kind of person wants foot dust? They do, and then they'll come back and they'll buy more things, and that's that's what's important to me. Yeah. Okay. I now mean I, see, I was trying to be cool with it. Now you're just trying to ask <laughs> me back out. I'm not okay with you. Yeah, she had like this foot sander, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> and she would sand her feet and send people the scrapings. I, and I, she would send people her worn socks. These are my socks that I wore last week. I think I wore them for four out of the six days. And then I'm going to ship them. So somebody pays money for your dirty socks. Yeah, so somebody bought me the socks and then they'll pay money for my dirty socks and then they'll probably send me another pair. And how much are they paying for your socks? Depends, probably like 150 to 250, depending on how long I've worn them and how gross they are. And I have really stinky feet too, so. Okay, and 250 meaning 250. Yeah, 250. Wow. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> God. Damn it, I'm trying to be sex positive here, and you're making it very hard, and not in that way. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult, okay? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, see, to so me, that was that's her, a lot. That's like her thing. Her husband gets involved. As so he films your videos. He does. He does all my lighting, and he does sometimes appear in my videos. Mm -hmm. And it's fun because he will do sex stuff. He'll dress up and do sissy stuff. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, can I put lipstick and a bra on you? And he's just like, all right in a very <laughs> non-traditional male role model way, right? Well, I mean, in some ways traditional, but they do things, they actually do things together. Yeah. They, you know, they'll appear in things together. He's supportive one, of one this. One of the weirdest moments in that whole thing. <laughs> I guess they're planning some cam session, and she's like, Do you want to shoot real sex or fake sex? Uh, I don't care. Okay. Uh, I'm going to fake. You'll have to get naked, though. So. You'll probably have to get naked, though. So. Fake, I guess. I'm not really, not really up for it, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, my God. So they're basically, I guess, do like some kind of Cinemax simulated sex. It's like, well, bro, you're too high on her body. There's no way. Your, your hips at are angle. at her ribs. Yeah. There's no chance of that working. I don't care how long your penis is, it won't go in unless it's prehensile. Oh my God, Mark, that's, that's uh, too, sex pos too, uh, you too know sex positive, You want to be sex positive, you got to go all in, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> so what's the sex positivity message in that, that segment of this episode? Right, so obviously this is nowhere near mainstream. This is not what, you know, the average, I almost said normal. We should stay away from that word, right? Yeah, well, you, yeah you can't. Yeah. It, it makes it makes talking about it very difficult. It does. This is not what your typical, average, median human being does. But there is a certain percentage out there who do. And the sex positivity message is, while you personally might not be into this in any way, in fact, it might make you a little queasy, that doesn't mean that you judge the people who are into it as bad people or as, you know, having less worth than other people, right, who are right. into more mainstream stuff. <laughs> You're right. No, no. I think I think that that's right. Okay. We accept that that's what happens to with them in private. We go, okay, hey, you're entitled to do whatever your business. you your, your business. You do what you want to do. Please never, ever make another TV show about it, though. Does it cross a line if, say, in an office... Yes. You had a person nope, uh, who, stop would, right there. who would talk <laughs> yes, to you about about that. Or, you, right. know, you know, like. So it, it depends a little bit on what your relationship is, right? Like if it's your buddy, right? Your close personal friends of some sort. Mm -hmm. And he wants to tell, oops, he wants to tell you that in general he has a foot fetish, right? Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, it's not my <laughs> thing. I would, I would be, you know, I'd be like, all right, you want to talk about, obviously you want to talk about this foot thing. You know, go ahead. You know, I'll try to be there for you, bro. I would wow. probably say something like, well, 
that's not really my cup of tea. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you're into it, you know, march on. Okay. Right? So, but if it's like your boss <laughs> and he's like, bro, let me tell you about this girl. I paid to step on cakes all weekend. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, that's too much information from someone with whom I do not have that level of intimacy. What if those people would post, like, put put pictures up that would hint at it? Nothing offensive. I'm not saying, like... Porn, pornographic right well for them it for for them for them it for is for them a an a uh a misstep at a birthday party could be pornographic <laughs> right. so what if they would they because yeah. what if you had a birthday well, cake with a it foot would depend, stomping it or it, birthday card yeah with a First foot of all, stomping a cake that's weird dude right. why do you have a picture of someone stepping on a cake and why is there a box of kleenex and a <laughs> jar of lotion next to it why? what are you getting up to in here Right. Okay. So then that, that so d- but, where it does, would depend on it whether you know on, that that's, if you know it, if you, you know, know the that symbolism to them. But I mean, I don't think it's appropriate for, you know, someone to put up a, a picture of Phoebe Cates in their office either. Right. I mean, you're at your office, diplomas, uh, <laughs> landscapes, right. federal right. buildings. But that's what, what if, you're allowed to have. But what if you would have, well, but you know how people decorate their desk areas. I know, but you and don't dec- decorate it like, with sexual fetishes. No, no, but what if you would, you, you, people, see, that's the thing about these now, things if that are outliers. Like a, it was you like might a, not know, yeah, but that's it, right. they're signaling If they had something. a bulletin board with some family photos on it and one of them just happened to be somebody stepping on a cake, <laughs> I would probably overlook it, right? <laughs> Unless he said, oh yeah, that's really my thing. I'm like, well, I don't want to see that anymore ever again. <laughs> you're right. I don't need now, to know that about now you. Now I share the context yeah. with you and I don't want to know. Yeah. Now I know you're getting all worked up every time you see those that frosting squish between her toes. But where do we, like, okay, and this is going to be my question again and again, where do we draw the, like, who draws the line? Like, we both recognize, okay, there's an, there's like, that's a little bit on the verge. Right. Do you remember the pornographic panic yes. of, what was it, the 70s uh, Well, and the 80s? Yeah, I mean, there have been multiple. There were like these huge, massive investigations. Oh, mm-hmm. And then it was a Supreme Court case. Yeah. And they're like trying to define pornography. And, the, and I don't remember who it was or if this is apocryphal or whatever, but somebody just said, it's hard to define, but I know it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that in general... People have a sense of where the boundaries are. Yes. They don't always respect them. Right. But they know where they are. And if they step over them, chances are they're doing that deliberately. Mm-hmm. Like I know as a cisgender straight male, I'm sure everybody makes assumptions about uh, people's sex lives or whatever. But I know that I'm not going to go in there and, and go to somebody that you know, with whom I don't have that kind of relationship and start talking to him about what I like, right? <laughs> That's weird. That's too much. That's not the kind of intimate details that we think are appropriate for casual conversation. What if you are in... But if I was in my fraternity house... A fraternity house, right? right? And a, with and a I group might, of like-minded yeah, Even then, fellows. I mean, look, I was, I've never been a big sharer on that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't really tell. Now, I might say, you know, oh, yeah, I hooked up with her or whatever, or we went out. Mark. Yeah. What? People hook up? Oh, my God. Oh, act like you never hooked up. But you hooked up with rock stars. Go, go on with yourself. Yes. Move on right from here. <laughs> Get away. So, from that. that is not accurate. Well. Well, I mean, you made that sound it, like I, no, I kissed, I kissed that rock star. That's it. Right dialogue about that segment okay here's our second guy yeah our second person is is the male escort 
Troy, and Troy, he's in his 30s. Troy, 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 Troy. <laughs> I barely know where to begin. Oh, so first God. of all, let me just say, and this is probably also propagating stereotypes as well, but I'm a little cautious about believing that a male escort can make a good living in this day and age and only service women. But in general, women don't kind of go down that path and pay for company. Yeah. I think that's correct. In American Gigolo, I mean, people, he had, there was a lot of economic pressure for him to to be a, an escort for men as well. Yeah. Right? And and he made that, that was like his hard and fast rules. And the only reason he didn't have to do that was he was, I guess, the top of the heap, right? He was yeah. very elite. Right. Because in general, women don't do that. Yeah, mostly now, they don't. There's nothing wrong with them doing it. It's just culturally, whatever, we just, they just generally don't. So anyway, he's this guy. Now look, he's a good-looking guy. He's not a great-looking guy. No, he's not. He's, he's a bit of a dad bod. Yeah, a little which bit. I, I mean, am I, mean, I judging? Not a bad. Not a bad. He's in shape. No, he's in right, shape. But he's not. Uh, he's in not. In fact, he has my same running shoes. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> but when he tells me that he lives with his mom, I believe him. He doesn't. Well, he looks like he does. Though, he right? didn't. He went and visited well, he his does mom. Now. Which at that time, I thought he was gonna. I thought that was one of his. Dates. Yeah, and I was like, I know. Oh my I God, did too. She's a as soon as he walked in, lady, and, I was and, like, and he, wow. like, and he was hugging her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I mean, I guess you know. And then he's like, Mom. I won't judge. And he's like, Mom. I'm like, wait, Whoa. is that really is his, that mom, his mom, or is that or just some kind of the- fetish thing? <laughs> 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 What's going on here? So anyway, um, anyway, he makes his living. You know, as a male escort. As a male escort, which they say is just spending time and anything else that happens is extra because... Right, because they have to say that for legal reasons. They have to say that for legal Everybody knows that it's almost always sexual in nature. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, and he has a website and a Twitter and he gets like referrals and he's evidently supporting himself and uh, doing well enough to, at at a certain point here, he's going to buy a house and live with his mom. Right. Which is kind of... Which I 100% believe. So it's really kind of an unremarkable, beyond the fact that he is very, obviously he's very financially driven. Yes. He hasn't dated, he said, during the entirety of his career. Yeah, literally. And he he just kind of says, you know, like... uh, I would never turn a woman away based on her physical appearance. Never. Never. Even if it involved sex. Sure. Men can't really fake it the way women No, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. You know? But... I guess if you're asking me what the trick it would be. Yes, that's what I'm um, trying to ask. There is almost always some very redeeming and beautiful quality about that woman that I can be attracted to that is not physical. And frankly, my attraction to you is going to be based more on who you are than what you look like. Which, you know, I mean, that's pretty sex positive right there, right? I mean, that's pretty feminism positive as well yeah. where the, the guy uh, the lady was basically trying to ask him like have you ever you know like not been able to you know like you know. turn somebody down or been unable to you know do your thing because of how they look and he's like nope now which you know respect that everything else about you a little sketchy but whatever no, 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 and he, no. he dresses exactly like someone who watched american gigolo thinks would that think that a, a male escort like double-breasted suits <laughs> and you know whatever like you know show up in a nice polo or something I know, you know? right like, like, women like that too i know it's like he has the whole fantasy yeah, you don't have to look like you're interviewing as a salesperson <laughs> at brooks brothers right <laughs> what was hilarious 
though, towards the end was the fact that, well, two things actually struck me. His mom knew all about it, and he would chit-chat with his mom about the pictures that he was using, and I'm like, Right, and she's, like, helping him pick pictures. She's extremely sex positive. What does your mom think of this? Oh, she's my biggest fan. Really? Oh, she loves it. She knows everything about what you do. She knows absolutely 100% everything. Okay, so here's some new pictures. I really love that one. Oh, he looks so professional. So then here, you know, I'm going for the outdoors country Montana look, ready to chop that wood for the fire. I didn't even tell my mom I was dating anybody until like we'd been together for like a year. Mm. I'm definitely not letting her pick out my Tinder picture or whatever. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. And then the other thing that struck me was when he got stood up by his supposedly wealthy woman who'd been chatting him up. He got catfished. Yeah. A woman like this woman to come across me. It's an almost a completely improbable meeting of people. And we've connected so well over emails and phone conversation. And she's shown me her commitment to me by sending a private jet. She's trying to show me that she's ready to make a commitment to me that's greater than just this trip. Putting on the final touches, I think I'm ready to go, man. This is gonna be great. I can feel it. Yeah, I think that was all bullshit. Nothing. Yeah, well, she called. At least she called him. Which, at least, if you're gonna catfish somebody, that was at least a little considerate. Mm -hmm. But she calls me like, you know what? Something came up. It almost feels too good to be true. This this booking. Uh, But sometimes things that seem too good to be true are actually just that good and are true. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? What? It it was yeah, no big deal. It's no problem. Don't worry about it. Who's that? You Connecticut for Yeah, I'm not going. What? Why? It's too long of a story right now. Do yeah, and again. the thing is, that's how you know something didn't just come up. Because if something just came up, it would also go away. Yeah. Right? Unless what came up was a husband. You know? <laughs> like I, yeah, something came up. I just got married on the spur of the moment over the weekend. I didn't think I was going to, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but... She was definitely catfishing him. And he was, I mean, first of all. Oh, is he disappointed? If you're a professional, you got to do a little due diligence on stuff like that. That's fine. Send me proof of funds. Yeah. You know, um, give me a deposit. Yes. Right, maybe. Yeah. Like, I can't even get a pizza to my house without paying first. Right. Right. So I can't just go, hey, uh, Italian kitchen. Um, it's me, Mark. Can, yeah, it's me, Mark. I am a multimillionaire. Can you just send a pizza this way and we'll arrange payment, you know, through my accountant? No, they're like, uh, Mark, we don't give a fuck who you are. Pay up. Oh, me. Okay, yeah. let's do a sex positivity. I mean, the mom, definitely very sex oh, positive. Oh my gosh, she is all in for team whatever the fuck his name is. Troy, but yeah, I also Troy. I also uh, appreciated that for a change, a sex worker was male. That was... Right, that that's was, a nice flip the script. Yeah, that was a nice right? flip the script. Right, so uh, sex positivity take is sex work, if boundaries are respected and is legal and there's you know full consent, we're okay with it. Right? Yeah. I am. I mean, I'm fine with it. That's fine. What do you... Not my thing, but, you know, whatever. How would you feel having a friend that was a sex worker? Um, I mean, does he have a cool car? (laughs) No. um, That's fine. I'm okay with it. Again, you know, as long as consent, whatever, Would you be more or less likely to engage in office gossip with that person to hear what that kind of person... No, that would be some... No, they probably have some awesome stories. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'd be okay with that. What if it was a woman who was a sex worker that now, was see, that, sharing that those might stories. be more interesting to me, but still I don't need to hear it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, okay, you had sex. Congratulations. You're now in the majority of the planet. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, I don't really care that much. Humor <laughs> would be fine, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Or, oh my God, you're not going to, this is the wildest story of all time. And there were cops involved and, you know, yeah. whatever, bank robbers, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, mm-hmm. tell me the, if it's a good story. Yeah. But if it's just purient in nature, right? right? If it's just sex details, eh, do I need that in my life? Not that much. Okay. Okay. So then we move on to the woman who does the sexy tours. Okay. Yeah. Sexy tours. So she struck me um, as more of a Instagram influencer type people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that kind of the vibe you got. Yeah. Now she used to be a stripper, right? Did she? Oh, yeah. She was a dancer, she said? They kind of just like grazed that as an issue. But they did at one point say, you know, I was a dancer or whatever. Uh huh. Which let's just assume she's not a rockette. So she was in the industry as they yes. say right but she wasn't a porn star or anything which is again also okay just mm-hmm. a different level of involvement mm-hmm. so, <laughs> by the way you say like that was like it's more extreme it's it well i mean you're you're yeah you're, if you're looking at things on a continuum which i think you right. almost have to i yeah, think you, you have do. to look at like, all of the sex, sex industry stuff. right you know instagram model cam girl exotic dancer i don't yeah, know i mean I, dancer, I don't i don't know right, whatever we're calling them these days oh. and then uh sex for hire right that's a pretty big step from one to the next in terms of how far into that right no i know but what, what i'm saying is you're you're assessing things value so that you and i, I and i did the same thing and this is really what's so difficult about sex positivity yeah. because it's very subjective first of all we are social creatures you can't help but at least acknowledge and be aware of social mores so anyway so she runs these what i have to assume are pretty expensive oh yeah sex tours sex tours of of like hundreds and hundreds of dollars Uh, oh probably at least a grand right yeah oh each time oh easily 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 because they're and the travel to stay there that's right right this is like a sex vacation tour guide so what she does is it seems generally couples although i'm sure she's has some exceptions in there somewhere, but it's couples that just kind of want to break out and get a little freaky, right? With other couples, with other couples, for uh, in, it seems like in the in the, at least in the you know on the tour you're there with multiple multiple couples that getting makes kind me of sexy. super uncomfortable. <laughs> and so right? they went to like a burlesque club. <laughs> so she takes them to first of all, I think the first thing was the sex shop. Yeah, maybe the sex shop. Like first. she's just going to ease them into it and show them some dildos and stuff. <laughs> Just to, you know, kind of get him in the swing of it. So now we're breaking there. She's breaking down boundaries, right? <laughs> Somebody like, actually, she had people spank her. So you guys, we're going to do a demo. I'm going to be the sub for once. Nice technique. Finesse. A good figure, eh? Is there anybody that wants to try on me? <laughs> you, you, you get it, Taryn. Put, put some wrist into it. There you go. There we go. She's getting a rhythm now. I just get a little rhythm. Yeah. Don't give her hand. Yeah. She did do that. She That's was true. like, she was, she's like, you know, let herself get spanked with a yeah. whip. I'm like, look, and this one is, of the, I would just said party goers did it. Oh yeah. I'd be like, look, this isn't about you. I get that you're into it, but I'm not here to make you feel good. That's your job. So anyway, I I paid to spank her. So she showed them some really alarmingly large sex toys 
And again, uh, very subjective. Well, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, look, I could do the math. All right. <laughs> so, and then she takes them to a burlesque show, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. And this was a fair, this wasn't it definitely wasn't, not a strip club, no, right? No, it was burlesque. It was a burlesque. It was meant to be stylized. So yeah. And there's not, you know, a lot of graphic nudity. Mm, I'm yeah. sure there's boobs and stuff, whatever. And, but there were flames. There were flames. Yeah. I think she, at that point she goes, okay, you guys are ready for the big leagues. And she does this party yeah. at her house. <laughs> First of all, I doubt that's her house. She says that's her house, I don't, but it's it, no, decorated. Are you going to give people like a sex Roman tourists brothel, your address? You think that they look like. Well, yeah. Oh, it definitely was. It very, was that whole, it was garish. It was, it was very, very yeah. like sex palace Yeah. It was that eyes wide shut look. Yeah. Or Vanilla Sky, whichever one is the sex one. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely that vibe, right? So they go to this woman's house for a party yeah. and it's then, it's not now just the three couples. Yeah, now, for a minute, I was really I know, nervous. We were all very very concerned. Like, oh, we we're both God. very concerned. We're like, is it just going to be those six people who just met like an hour ago? <laughs> How awkward is that? It better just throw them in the mix with a bunch of people they just met minutes ago. Well, that but at least you have people there to honestly, kind of get the vibe going. Yeah, Because yeah. these people are obviously experienced, sexy people. Sexy. <laughs> Whatever. Naked people. She calls them naughty parties. Yeah, they're naughty parties. <laughs> they're naughty the kind of party I'm going to, I guess they're is what I'm saying. Sex. Naughty. They're, they're the they're sexy naked. people. They're, they're people who are comfortable being naked in front of other yeah, people at the very least. They're experienced. So of course she has lifestyle. a pool, you know, because everything happens in the pool. Oh, and they right. all got it. There was like a lot of them with their feet dangling into that hot tub. I'm like, oh, that's reached critical mass yeah, for me. That's too there's many, too many feet. bodies and, and now you and plus you'd already seen that lady, <laughs> you know, grinding her foot oh, down to God. send it to people. So. You're Ooh, thinking of that. Yeah, it's just the whole thing. And the water looks kind of cloudy. You know what, this, I, this show, more than anything, was about foot positivity. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> anything else. Which I, by the way, do not share in any way. Feet rights. Yeah. <laughs> right. Feet rights and peace. <laughs> All right. So, 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 and then, you know, like one couple was kind of into it. Yeah, but the rest of them. They were like not there yet, they right? They were not They're like, close to being there. Did you see all those naked people? Yeah. Can we leave now? Now, the one couple, though, did. She yeah. got naked. Yeah. And she was a parent. She, I think, she honestly, was she was ready was. to go yeah. from the, from the you know, from the start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, would you get in the pool? He's like, yeah, but not naked. <laughs> yeah. And now, I personally, would. no problem with the nudity, right? No. I would, I could get in that pool naked. I, that I could do. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. But. It doesn't mean that I want them rubbing up on me. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm like, is there any, sir, I just have a question. Is there any way you can get in the pool and leave your feet outside the pool? <laughs> is that possible? Because I have some foot issues going on right now that I really don't want to explore. <laughs> don't feet. I don't know. Not in that Not in that kind of a way could I ever, ever consider. Why? At a party with like 35 people? You don't know any of those people? I, well, that's why. Well, even if I knew them, no. No, especially if you knew them. Right? No, especially if I knew them. I oh, know. See, oh I how embarrassing. I wouldn't have. Why? I well for me no for me and that's all and that's it's a hard a no. no that's a no with like a bunch of strangers and then like I don't know all right well that kind of ruins my Valentine's Day plans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a ton of people coming over to your house Bro. we're gonna get freaky at your pool <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's all coming up because no, my boss listens to uh, this but that's hilarious no. he knows it's not real. That story. That's her. To me, so, okay, she so that's was, them. She that's, was, and she was making bank. Oh, yeah. She's making definitely making money. I don't know how she got started doing this, but 
more power to her. She's making money and she's she is. entertaining people, and right? Yeah, she's just bringing people together. And if they have sex, they do. And so what? And right, they, if they don't, know. whatever. Better luck next time. This reminds me a little bit of the kind of feminist late 90s, early 2000s, really actually the feminist early 2000s. Right. When they would have, there was a, a group within the feminists, they, they had a, like a webzine and yeah. I don't know, a group called Cake. And they would have what were called cake parties. And this was a feminist group. Now, this group isn't that, that lady women. that we talked about first. No. Because she definitely has some cake parties. No, but they may have had something on display right. like that. They may yeah. have hired a woman like that to, to perform. squish some cake. And this was a sex-positive feminist organization that was designed to allow women to express their sexuality in, in a very sex-forward way. So these right. women would go to these parties dressed in lingerie with other women. So it was mainly yeah. women and then some men would come, but the men in order to would. come had to be invited by a woman and, right. but still the women way outnumbered yeah. the yeah. The, the women way outnumbered the men. However, people describing this said, well, the guys were just standing around going, oh yeah, man, she's, that girl's hotter than the other girl that was here before. And the, it guys was just, are so just, dumb. It was just a smorgasbord. So that's a, it's a question to me where do you draw a line between owning your sexuality? I don't know. Is there, is there a point where it's too much, you know, it, it's too much. Yeah. You're, I if think you say you're consenting and you want to do this. Right. Fine. Fine. But then the thing is, is that does it go, does it go to a point where then you do not have to release the hounds, right? You can, you can have those feelings and do those things and it do, you don't have to hide it, right? You don't have to lie about it, but you also don't need to overshare. Well, overshare, but also give it away to see, this is, this is, this gets you, me down a path where I'm going to sound. Do you need me to say what you want no, no, to say? No, 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 no. I don't oh, okay, need to say Because I don't know what it is. Okay. So. <laughs> no, what I want to say is that men benefit still. Well, sure, but aren't the women benefiting? Yes, the women see that, benefit. See, now you're starting men, to be second wave. I know. I you're know. second wave feminist. I know. I'm kind of. You want to punish men. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you do. No, but the thing is, is like, that men. Female no. sexuality no. is great until it benefits men in <laughs> any way. <laughs> so anyway, at these parties, though, at these cake parties, yeah. speaking of lesbianism, oh, yeah. a lot of what was happening was performative lesbianism, or they would just go and hook up. It was very much. Much like, right. you know, I'm hooking up. These are girls in their early 20s. Yeah. I was teaching girls yeah. at that time. Who were going to cake parties. Who were not going to cake parties, but who I know would do performative bisexuality. Oh, yeah, perform we, have, we have terms for that. Pretensbians oh. <laughs> and trendsbians. Oh, no. Which are basically, there was that, I remember that as well. I mean, not that I was involved in it, but it was basically... Like girls making out with each other for guys, for guys to and get guys' attention, right? Which is, but the but when, really dumb in my opinion. When that was highlighted, yeah, in certain uh, certain authors and certain feminists at the yeah. time highlighted that and sort of said, "This isn't really feminism. What you're doing, right?" Um, they would say their clapback would be, "Well, but this is you know sex this, positivity. Is, this is sex yeah. positivity. This right. is sex positivity." And, and look. And maybe, I mean, honestly, maybe we should be more okay with it than we are right now. Because if that's what works for them, it's not hurting you. But there may be some people, some women who are like, I legit want to make out with Becky. And if Chad likes that, all the better, right? They just are by. 
Yeah. But I think you're, I think you're right. There were a, certainly, it seems to me as a very uninformed, you know, outsider that there was a lot of that, that like you said, it was performative and it was done to try to get male attention and maybe at the urging of at the, the urging males. of male attention and right. you know i'm wondering if the trends in porn kind of influenced what was acceptable or I what mean, was what have. was considered hot yeah. i don't know yeah. could have i mean it's it, that's a very difficult thing to track again i don't i'm sure somebody's tracking that stuff yeah and, you know, somebody's getting their PhD on it as we speak, I'm sure. Okay, going back, though, to our discussion about those parties. So that's really kind of it. In terms of sex positive... Why do they call them cake parties? Because cake is a oh. euphemism. Oh, that. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so then after you have the thing where she's yeah, taking yeah. sexy tours, or after you have the sexy yeah. tours, then you, we get into the <laughs> woman who took us right back to episode oh, six. yeah. Who was the now, at least I felt at home with this episode. I'm like, I've <laughs> been this over this. This is ground well traveled for us. Wow. We get it. Well, I mean, we know this topic. No, we know this topic. Right. I know. <laughs> Calm down over there. You're trying to shame me. I can see. <laughs> I can see. Now, I have to say, I wonder, because you remember we had the, in episode six, we had that one lady who had basically had a lactation superpower. Yeah. She was she really. She could produce. Producing a lot. So much milk. And yeah. I won't go back and read tell those jokes because they're there for posterity and they're excellent. <laughs> <laughs> did you just almost run out of air I did. I just like, <laughs> I just like, I want to finish this one sentence. I don't want to stop for a breath. It won't be as funny if I do. And I'm like, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> uh, so this woman sells her, and this is a step further, I think, than we were even saw in episode six, right? Right, right. She is basically, men pay her to come and latch on. And then they asked her to describe how she, how they she tells them to do it. When you say the lactation business, what do you mean exactly? I call it erotic lactation. You would nurse them. Yeah. A grown man. Yes. What do you tell your clients about properly latching I on? I play by play. Put as much as the breast in your mouth as you can. Do not use your teeth. Suck hard if you feel the nipple close to the back of your throat or at a good place. I don't know that I'll ever need that information, but now, <laughs> now I, I know. know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but that's what she does, yeah. right? And, she, and That's what she does. And, and men, makes a good living at it. Now, look. Claims to. She know, keeps two apartments, one of her well, own Well, yeah, one. she's smart, unlike that yeah. lady who's... Claims that that's yeah. her house. Maybe that's just yeah, her Living plate. in Mr. Magoo's mansion yeah. over there. Yeah. But so, so she's managed to extend her lactation from when she had a kid. But she said she was happy she found this niche. I'm very grateful to have a niche like lactation. The industry, in my opinion, is almost saturated. There's so many women. Every new one is hotter than the last, or younger, or thinner, or offers more for less. I don't think I would be able to make it if I didn't offer lactation. And so, yeah, now she's got, I mean, she's got a built-in clientele. It's mm -hmm. a very specific segment of the market, so to speak. Bodybuilders. Body yeah, those guys are so dumb. <laughs> Bro, first of all, just, yeah, you say, know what? Just admit you like titties, okay? Yeah, I mean, you know? he, no, and he that's does. Fine. At least in this one, yeah, the guy he does. He at least admits that he's he getting said, something from you know, it sexually. It's, it's that it wasn't something that I was looking for initially, so obviously I wasn't going into it thinking, you know, this is going to be amazing, um, and it just happened to turn out that way. So. You took the chance, right? Yeah, it went well. Because I 
come back. <laughs> what is it that interests you in lactation services? Part of it is the nurturing. The other part of it is I spend a lot of time in the gym. This is sort of a natural way to get what I would get from something like steroids. And then he said, but also my workout. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, like you've always She's got, like, there's got to yeah. be some kind of bro dude thing yeah, involved yeah. in it too. Okay, I'm getting some protein from those <laughs> boobs. So great. <laughs> Idiot. I go right they, from there to the gym, bra. And then they say, uh, there's a graphic that says there, there's no yeah. medical benefit. Right. Which if no you had watched, if you had listened to episode, episode six, six, you'd already, you already know, that. know That's right. Do you think that's all that they do? You don't think she gives him like a little oh, hand? Oh God! See, action? you're so dirty. <laughs> what? I never. Oh, are think you about, sex shaming me? No, but I never would have not dirty. Do you think that's? I no, mean, look, if dirty they're getting isn't the right word. Yeah, but if they're if they're getting sexual pleasure from that, do you think they just end it there? I go home it. and no. rub one out. Come on, maybe. Well, maybe maybe but, it's I mean, extra. She said she used to, she be, used an to be an escort. So you got to feel like those boundaries are probably already yeah. in her. You know, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. sure. Well. My suspect. God, I'm trying, I suspect you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now here's again, the, here's the question. Yeah. Is like, what, obviously. She seems fine with she's it. She's consent. Everyone's consenting. I mean, it's, is it. Everyone's it, consenting. Does it set off the weird bells for me? Yes, but that's not a good enough reason to judge someone morally or worthwise, right? Yeah. It's fine. It's weird to me. But I'm not the ultimate arbiter, I've been told. And maybe I think that's the ultimate solution here. Is to is, make you the ultimate ar right. arbiter of... If you want to know what's no. okay sexually, you know, send me an email. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, like, no, if you... I don't really okay, want to hear about let me, that. Okay, so, like, if you would go... Let's say you were really... Like, I'm, I'm at really... my high school reunion, and someone's like, what do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, I breastfeed adult men. <laughs> and let me tell you some funny stories about that. I'm like... Oh. Maybe that'd be okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little intrigued, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, it's somebody from high school. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, I knew you would turn <laughs> oh, out like that. You were in my AP class. What happened? <laughs> no, not at a high school reunion, but like, let's at say. Work? No. Now let's put us online. Grocery store? No, oh, let's okay. put us online. All right. And that your, your thing, that your fetish is lactation. Mine, my, now you're making it about me. I'm at any, yeah, any that's okay. Fine. You're, I'll play the, I'll you, you get take a bullet the, for the team. Okay. So your fetish is lactation. Okay. And hypothetically, this is hypothetically. Right. Very and hypothetically. You're like, you go on to, I mean, you can't just date a series of recent mothers, right? No, you go on, no. But okay, let's say this is your thing and you go on to Twitter. Yeah. Let's say, and you find, I don't know, some like Addison Ray or one of those girls, but of age. Right, right. And you say, you go onto her Twitter Poor or, and, and say something like, boy, I'd really love to breastfeed. Drink feed. your milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am super thirsty. And I don't mean that just in one way. <laughs> I'm thirsty in all the meanings of that word. Show Bob. <laughs> yeah, show Bob. Please open. <laughs> No, I don't believe that that is appropriate. Okay. First of all, you're sexually propositioning someone online. Or at least right? objectifying them. What if you would say, oh, your breasts, you wouldn't yeah. say breasts. I don't but think, like, I, I don't ooh, think. I really want to yeah, nurse I don't think, on your nipples. No, any, I don't even think it's okay to just go on and tell somebody who you don't know online, nice knobs. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. That is just, it's just gauche. Sex work is one of the things that in a sex positive society, 
we are told we should be really open to the idea of commodifying. I feel like that is one of the most problematic. Commodifying sex. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the most problematic areas of sex positivity is trying to come to terms with a positive way to treat sex work. Not, and I'm by that we mean prostitution, right? What they sex for sex for but, sale. But a lot of this was like this wasn't all prostitution. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that portion of it, like uh, people can come to terms with the cake stomping girl and whatever. But actual sex for sale is a hard thing, I think, for to be sex positive about just because the industry is so fraught. I mean, so central, centrally exploitative. Can a woman, uh, you know, establish agency and, you know, power and do it, you know, all on her own? Sure. But you just feel like there's almost all of them are not that situation. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to be sex positive about that when the chance for abuse and exploitation is so rife. In societies where sex work is illegal, in societies where sex work is legal, there is still that. There is. There is still e- exploitation. Yeah. But maybe less. But maybe less. We don't know. So, Mark, do you feel um, like we've covered everything? No. I mean, I'm certain we haven't. Like you said, this is it's such, such a, a huge topic. You know, and if people are really interested, maybe we'll do another one or do, you know, go into further detail on a Patreon or something. Because we could talk about this for, I don't know, another 30 minutes before my ass gives out on this really <laughs> uncomfortable chair. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there is a lot of, there's more acceptance. I think that there's more acceptance of people being sexually adventurous and sexually overt when they are younger, because I think it's seen as something that's more sexy. Like yeah, sexy it's, bodies it's, are younger. I mean, I don't even body, like watching. Bodies are sexy. Yeah, I don't even like watching old people eat. Okay, Mark, <laughs> so I definitely you're, don't. You are almost old. I know. Well, I'm. I recognize the irony there, <sighs> but I'm saying I don't like watching them eat. I definitely don't want to think about them banging. And, and I know that's probably wrong somewhere morally that they should be just as sexy as anybody else, but they're not. They just aren't. Well, to you, but to their partners, they are. Well, look and look. Everybody is sexy to somebody, right? <laughs> God, that sounds so depressing. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, whatever. I'm sure you have uh, an entire population of people who would find you sexy, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure you do. I don't care. What if I don't care if anyone finds well, me sexy? Well, you just said it was depressing there two no, seconds ago. No, not for me personally. I just oh, think okay. that the way that you're talking about it is. Right. And I think as you get older, you know, what you find appealing can shift sometimes, right? Yeah. If I'm 18, a 50-year-old woman doesn't seem that appealing. But when I'm 57, <laughs> right. looking down, not up, 50 is pretty hot. Somebody really ought to work on not rules, right? Because social changes are continuing happening, but at least tools by which we can determine what we should be and how we should be sex positive about things, right? What you should be sex positive about and what you shouldn't. I mean, we have, you and I have some basic rules we set out, right? Consent of age, lasting harm, things like that. Right. There, I'm sure there's a way to, you know, write a paper on how to apply these principles or rules to sex positivity. I'm not willing to do that because I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> And I'm probably not qualified. <laughs> no, but see, that's the thing. I think it's all it's all very subjective. So it's yeah. very hard for any individual to 
stand up. And even if it's a group of people standing up and saying, this is wrong and very awful and we don't want to see it. Right. That person who's Stop having it sex with trees. Is going to say, yeah. screw you. I'm yeah, doing like, me. It's what I like. It's what I like I to love do. Trees. And I'm going to talk about it. And if I, I'm going to say what I want to say. Yeah. And if you don't like it, don't look at what I'm doing. But you know what? I think it's. And is that fair? I think it is. I think it, but I think both positions are fair. Yeah. You're entitled to have an opinion about what something, somebody, what's in the public discourse. Yeah. Right? Because free speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. Right. Now, again, it is arbitrary, but we also don't want people to feel like they are going to be shamed because they have sex or because they have sex in a particular way. But if they decide then they're going to make that part of the public discourse, then you are subject to, you know, whatever social correction there is. It doesn't mean you should go to jail, right, unless you actually broke the law. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you should be really punished in any way, but it's okay for someone to say, you know what, that's not okay. You know, I don't want to, you know, that's not appropriate for this. Yeah, you know, I really didn't need to see like, that. We're in line at McDonald's. Okay, <laughs> sir. I'm going to have to ask you to stop talking about that. But I would argue that you wouldn't have people speaking like that as much. I mean, you might. It depends on the location. Like in if a it bar wasn't as taboo and it was or whatever. Like, no, not even that it's not taboo, but it depends on the social situation. Like if, if people are in a bar drunk, they may right. say or do something. For sure they Way will. more than they would if they no were, doubt. you know, sober and... You know, it's the middle of the day at their grandmother's right. for lunch, right? So right. context matters. Nana matter. doesn't want to hear about hitting it. Context matters. It does. But also, you can't expect that someone's not going to speak up to you. If you just are laying it all out there. Even if the context, but you, yeah, because even, you know, you can be more outraged if, if it's a big, if it's a bar and people are drunk and then someone comes in and says, how dare you talk like that? Right. You kind of go, well, you're here. Yeah. Anticipate yeah. some of that. You're in a, you're, yeah, you're in the middle of a beer soaked discussion. So. As long as it's sex positive. But if somebody came into a beer soaked situation and people were, shaming them right for their sexuality whatever they were expressing Not okay. and I, I think we we have this idea that we should somehow be free of debate or argument about this i don't know that we should right i think a debate about this is perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. people are going to have different positions now you want the debate to be somewhat measured you don't want to just be like you know, people screaming slut at people, <laughs> right, right? Right. That's not okay. But you could say, you know what? I think that kind of discussion in public is, you know, best saved for, <laughs> right. for you like, know, I mean, not in line at McDonald's. Yeah. Right? Right. I think, but I think it's okay that we disagree because that's how societies work, right? There is, there are some ideas that are shared and then, but those change and the only way they change is, by people debating it or acting differently, et cetera, mm-hmm. and the window of acceptability can shift. The so, Overton window. That's correct. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. I do it's remember that. Good. Yes. I think debate is fine. I think social consequences for speech is okay. Like if I say something on Twitter that offends somebody, do they have the right to shut down my Twitter? No, but do they have a right to say, I don't think that was the right thing to say. Yeah. And I'm blocking you. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. And it seems to happen with 
fair regularity. Yeah, Mark's blocked by everyone. I, dude, so many people block me, and I've I, honestly I've never really said anything all that controversial <laughs> no, on my Twitter. <laughs> I really haven't. Yeah, they just really like don't. block me because they're afraid I might be snarky or something, which is <laughs> well, a, it's a very reasonable good. fear. Don't yeah, it's probably best, probably yeah. for the best. You don't really want you don't want any of this. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you definitely do not. Um, okay, so. I guess maybe we've come to the end of the episode. Right. But maybe we'll pick it up again. Yeah, maybe we'll point. pick it up as a thread in Patreon or we'll It's a good do, discussion. It is a good discussion. It would be, you know, I'm not doing the feminist aspect of it justice. Because, and I, it's because just that's too a broad very of a subject. huge subject, yeah. It really is. But I do consider myself a feminist, although I, there are things that I struggle with, right? Like, and things, and my feminism has changed as I've aged. That's because it's not objective. It is, there's some basic principles that we can kind of all agree on but exactly how to apply those are going to be individual in a lot of times and that's just how it is that's right well and interestingly i asked this question even though we're not really talking about feminism i asked this question on twitter which was you know like do do you consider yourself a feminist and a lot of people said yes some people actually said no i don't but they're really thinking of a very particular kind of think i think that they are and then also some people kind of said no because i always wanted to be a home a housewife but i thought that's that's inclusive inconsistent with feminism right as long as you're not forced to be a housewife. As long as you're not forced to be a housewife. As right. long as you are you are exerting agency. If you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That's the end of this episode. And hopefully we'll have something that is remotely resembling cohesive. Look, it, if nothing else, it'll make you think about the topic a little bit. And there's some funny jokes. <laughs> funny so. jokes. <laughs> All right. So we have a Patreon and Soon. Uh, yeah, well, well, by the time this is released, I think that the Patreon will Tom be up. Tom gets off his ass and writes the theme we song. We will have links to that on our Facebook page, and I'm sure we'll yeah. publish it on Mark's Twitter. And then because we. It's after dark. <laughs> it's extemporaneous. After dark. No, Gen X temporaneous. After dark. <laughs> I'm getting tired of saying after dark. You're not. You love it. You I love do. saying it. I kind it. of enjoy that. <laughs> um, we, of course, have social media, we have a Facebook group. We have Twitter. I'm at Serious Produce, and Mark is at Mark Eats Peach. Both produce related. Both produce related. I'm I'm boycotting TikTok right now, everyone, because I disagree with their unfair treatment of creators. So yeah, they suck. They pay, they need to pay their creators. First of all, social worth. media companies suck. <laughs> even though we love using their platforms, but they do suck. They're just stupid and clumsy, and they suck. And so, uh, but please join us on on Facebook or on Twitter. And thank you very much for coming and listening to us each week. You make this very fun for us to do. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Bye. Wow. And they always, for whatever reason, people think that plinths (laughs) and busts are sexy. (laughs) Right? They always have plinths. And busts. There's like, I apparently Ionic is sexier than Doric <laughs> columns. But there's there's some kind of weird architecture fetish going on there, which again I we don't it, judge. I think it signals classy. Yeah, sexy. they're like, yes, we're all naked in a swimming pool of Jello, but also Aristotle. <laughs> right? Wow. Again. You know, within the if, if we're close friends, right? If it's just some guy who is on the other side of the office that I heard was also a sex worker, and he'd come over and said, "Hey, by the way, I'm Steve. Uh, let me tell you what went down last night." <laughs> then I'm not okay with that, right? That's just. But I still don't really want to hear all the details from some guy's yeah. sex life. 